Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, we have a, a question. This actually comes up quite often, uh, talking about uh, different types of contraception, although this one isn't exactly about contraception, but we're going to talk about the marina just a little bit anyways. Uh, why don't you go ahead? Uh, this is from uh, Jennifer, which is pertaining to, I believe, her sister, which is kind of like an indirect sort of thing, but she she wants to encourage her sister into BHRT, but her sister wants to use the marina. Which, yeah, it sounds like she is using it. It says, um, so this is from Jennifer. She says, thank you for this forum. Hi there. Um, you're very welcome. We love it when we get compliments. <laughs> so Jennifer says, my sister is using the Mirena. I would like to recommend she starts BHRT, Bioidentical Hormone Replacement Therapy, as she is 49 years old and has perimenopause symptoms. Is she able to take Prometrium and stay on the Mirena? Um, thank you in advance. So this is actually a question or somewhat a little bit of a, um, a roundabout question that we get all the time because since, you know, the introduction of the IUD, which is from a gazillion years ago with Cleopatra, but now they have hormonal IUDs as opposed to the copper IUDs, and they've been around for a long time. But um, a lot of people ask, well, you know, my hormones are awry, things are off, I'm in my 40s, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to take birth control pills when you're in your 40s, is an IUD a good idea? And is that going to eliminate all my symptoms and I'm going to, you know, feel like I was, you know, fresh and 18 again? Yeah, yeah, I think that is a very common gynecological option, right? Because, you know, as we've talked about before on other episodes, they don't really have lots of options. Uh, the fact that she's 49 on an IUD, I just find that fundamentally just not right. Uh, now, if uh, now from a contraception perspective, you and I are not necessarily good fans of birth, uh, big fans of birth control. Uh, you know, the IUD isn't really a bad option, even though when it comes to all birth control, none of them are good options. Okay, but if you're trying to prevent pregnancy, uh, you know, the Marina, some of the IUDs, there's a few other ones that we uh, came across, the Kylina, the Skyla, and the Marina. They're all different dosages of the progestin that's in there. Yeah, and I have, um, sev- I mean, I have a lot of patients on, you know, IUD way back when, when, it, you know, the copper was kind of popular. But I, I'm, if I, I would say if you're going to do an IUD, I do think the hormonal option is in some ways a little easier to deal with, and in some ways, I would say better. The Kylina and the Skyla, I have a few patients on those. Um, they're, um, you know, they're fairly new because they have a lower amount of hormones that are secreted from the IUD as opposed to the Mirena. But when you think of, you know, a woman in their forties, like Dr. Maggie said, you know, birth control pills, my gosh, you know, that that's probably not a really the best option, especially looking at family and personal history for taking those kind of hormones, um, birth control pills. But with an IUD, there is, uh, you know, hormones that are released from it, but there's not as much as taking, you know, the, the hormones systemically or orally. And at the same time, you know, we talk about perimenopause all the time. You know, when you hit your mid forties, you're, you know, we're pretty much, you know, I'm there too, you know, in perimenopause is one of the 
biggest um, side effects of perimenopause is heavy heavy bleeding or irregular bleeding or um, chronic spotting. And when you look at a female that's had maybe a hysterectomy or an ablation where they um, blunt down or remove the inner lining of the uterine wall to prevent such heavy periods, that's usually happening to a female in their 40s because of that hormonal change that happens before, you know, in perimenopause. So I don't think, you know, I I think having the hormonal IUD would thin down the lining of the uterus to help somebody with very heavy periods, but it's not going to help a lot with the other symptoms of perimenopause that we've talked about, you know, sex drive, you know, hot, hot, sometimes the night sweats, you know, definitely the irritability, 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 (laughs) irritability. Yeah, yeah, that's the big one. That's the one that uh, uh, everyone uh, feels like they're just frustrated and, and, uh, you know, they're fine one minute and they go into a fit of rage the next and they don't really understand why. Like they just can't tolerate some of the things they used to be able to tolerate, whether it's, you know, family stuff or work stuff or all the above, their threshold for different stressors has diminished significantly. And then, of course, another probably main common symptom in perimenopause is the inability to stay asleep all night. You wake up, either you wake up many times through the night or you wake up in the middle of the night for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, and you can't get back to sleep. And, of course, by the time you do able to get back to sleep, it's time to wake up for the morning. So, um, but I do think, you know, in terms of birth control, you know, in in the 40s, an IUD is a great option um, for the birth control in terms of all the different types of birth control out there and if they're having some irregular periods. Yeah, right. I think there's a lot better options for a 49-year-old um, to deal with her symptoms and to put, you know, to give her an IUD. Uh, and there is a little bit of limitation when a woman does have an IUD uh, because of that, you know, the, the progestin part, it does, you know, I mean, you could really, you could obviously give her some bioidentical progesterone on top of that. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe it would be a little easier or better if it was one of the lower IUDs, the Kylina or the uh, Skyla. Um, but if you really had to, now granted, uh, it is inserted, of course, that hormone that is on the, uh, that is contained within the IUD is going to degrade over time. Uh, and that hormone, you know, that's there, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is where the research and development of those types of devices are, you know, kind of, you know, paramount. That's where they're, uh, uh, the, the intellectual property, so to speak, of that IUD device and that degrading hormone, uh, you know, uh, how long would you say that hormone is viable for uh, when, when a woman has an IUD inserted? Oh, well, each IUD um, is different. You know, it used to be five years. Now they have ones that are 10 years. The ones with the lower hormones, like the Kylena and especially the Skyla, is going to run a little bit shorter to have that, you know, due to removed. And you don't know how many women, I'm sure you too, that I talked to, I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you have your IUD. And of course, it's t- um, it was time to, re- you know, to switch it out like, you know, a year ago or six months ago, or I need to have it, you know, because best laid plans, even though they last for a long time, we never seem to follow through right away. So, um, but I do like the fact that you can have that in there for a number of years and then have that, you know, have it removed. Or even I have, I've had several women too that have had the IUD and they hated it. You know, yep. they just hated it. And then you go back in, you have it removed, you know, hey, it's a procedure, Procedures aren't fun, as we all know, but, you know, you can still do it, and it's pretty, you know, innocuous and, and, you know, not that invasive to have it removed if you hate it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think that we probably end up seeing, no, we, I think we have a balance of both. You know, we have a balance of ones that did not respond well, and there's ones that seem to do just fine on it. 
you know, I still don't like the fact that it's, uh, you know, promoting an IUD for a 49 year old. I think that there's a lot better options, um, mainly just some progesterone, right? Just some, you know, like the, the sister, the sister must either be, you know, she must be doing some of her own. Uh, now that's always kind of, you know, challenging to encourage family members to do certain things. Hey, you should do this. You should do this. Uh, that's in some ways for the sister to figure out on her own, but that's, you know, that's between the two of them. But uh, <laughs> she's must have had this, uh, the one writing the question, Jennifer, she must have had her own positive experience with uh, bioidentical hormones and she wants to share that with her sister. Uh, and I would somewhat agree. I think that there's a lot of things that can be done better and differently than using than using the IUD as an option. If you're looking for birth control, okay, fine. Uh, you know, there's the lesser of several evils when it comes to birth control. There's nothing that's perfect everything, whether it's an oral uh, birth control pill or, uh, you know, an IUD, there's going to be some issues, uh, you know, on some level. Um, you know, I mean, would you agree? Do you have anything else to say about that? You know, I would say, you know, I have a, just like, you know, Jennifer asked about her sister, if she can take Prometrium and stay on the Mirena, which is fine um, in some regards. So Prometrium is a, uh, I guess, a commercial, a commercial available prescription for progesterone. It's instant release. There's only, you know, two real doses, 100 milligrams and 200 milligrams. And and one thing that you do find just with women, you know, us women in our mid-40s, mid to late 40s, is our progesterone is low. And I have a lot of women that are on, that have an IUD and I have them on progesterone because it helps with the sleep. It helps balance out the moods. The moods and the sleep, you know, and it helps helps a little bit with some of the weight gain and all that jazz that happens with, with the wonderful things of perimenopause. But I do think, you know, her sister could... Prometrium isn't my first choice because I find 100 milligrams can sometimes of the instant release can be too strong. It's mm -hmm. too much hormone on top of hormones and people just feel puffy and munchy and heavy and kind of like lethargic where doing the sustained releaser or, or even doing a lower, I usually do a lower dose of a bioidentical micronized progesterone and they seem, and, and that seems to balance well. So um, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, like you said, the marina is like 52 milligrams uh, of a progestin plus the 100 milligrams of prometrium. That's you know, a lot. That, that's <laughs> a lot. Uh, so by using a bioidentical progesterone, you can change that dose to whatever you want. 50, 75, you know, even 25 if you needed to. You could always titrate. You can always move around. You can't really do that with the commercial types because there's so few options available. And if they already have the, like you say, if they already have the IUD with the hormone there, you're just trying to complement that in the in the gentlest way possible, not trying to jam in a bunch more hormone um, that, you know, she might make her feel worse, uh, you know, on top of that. So, and, uh, you know, like I say, the IUD is going to control some symptoms, you know, some of the bleeding and the spotting and some of those things, maybe some of the cramping, um, but it is not going to take care of the other perimenopausal symptoms that are just as prevalent and that the IUD isn't really going to have an effect on. Yeah, but yet to answer, you know, your question, Jennifer, I would, I would say the Prometrium, you'd want to, you know, probably do some, um, some testing on your sister being on it to make sure that progesterone isn't like through the roof. And of course, seeing how she's feeling, I wouldn't say it, it wouldn't be necessarily, um, like I said, you know, that I just think it might be a little bit too strong, but for sure, for sure, when, um, your sister or anybody that IUD has got to come out and maybe you don't need the IUD for birth control anymore. They, 
always, I always find that we have to do some higher level of progesterone with those women when those IUDs come out because they have this progesterone dive or if they are trying to get their ovaries to kind of refunction, maybe they got their IUD out and, you know, they're thinking about pregnancy. You know, maybe they had an ID in their 30s and they're thinking about pregnancy and they get that IUD out. They always have a crash in that progesterone. So that's why definitely doing maybe a higher level of progesterone when she has that IUD out would make her feel so much better. Yeah, right. Yeah, kind of after the fact and try to re-encourage and you know, when it comes to fertility and pregnancy, progesterone, and even thyroid as well, we didn't really talk much about thyroid, but, you know, certainly progesterone is uh, critically important in that process. Uh, and you're right, when you're, you know, using a, you know, for a, for a woman that is younger than 49, by the time a woman is 49, her progesterone production, she's no longer ovulating, which is where the progesterone comes More from. More than likely, but you certainly don't want to like hang your hat on that. Yeah, yeah. She could be. Mm -hmm. uh, she could be one of those rare exceptions, but you know, statistically, she's not going to be necessarily ovulating, and that's where the drop in progesterone comes from. Uh, and then, of course, that's when all the perimenopausal symptoms show up. So, um, yeah. Um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, uh, I think that, you know, the sister is making some, uh, Jennifer's making some good suggestion for the sister, uh, for whether she'll listen or not. Uh, and you and I just kind of fundamentally, like I said, have some, you know, have some issues with that because we think there's a lot better options that can be utilized. And I, and I like this question and, and I have a sister and I tell her what to do all the time, much to her dismay, but... <laughs> Hey, there's love there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She she doesn't. Well, she listens she sometimes. She like she she listens. Some, she listens sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, I think that one covers this one. Uh, this marina issue comes up a lot, right? Because this is a very common, a common issue. You know, a common concern of women of all the different decades. Because uh, you know, it's I wouldn't say that it's being pushed, but you know, like I said, from a gynecological perspective, there's limited options and women are, you know, women are looking for solutions to their issues. Uh, and, uh, they kind of, you know, end up coming towards us kind of in the roundabout direction sometimes, but Hey, you know what, like I say, we have plenty of women that do just as they do fine. They do better on the Marina than they did without it. Then, you know, that, that was the right treatment. But then, like you said earlier too, you've had plenty of women that just, you know, they, they can't stand it and they have to get it taken out early, you know, or they have some kind of complication, which to be honest, I would say that doesn't happen as much as it, uh, as much as you think that it would. Uh, so, uh, do you have anything else to add about Jennifer uh, or Jennifer's sister, or is this one uh, or is this one nope, good? This was great, and I'm sure other people have questions about IUDs because this um, this comes up all the time, and we'll, you'll probably see because it is a little bit of a trend that you've seen, and you know, with doctors and gynecology is doing IUDs with hormones on top of them. You just have to you know test for it, and make sure it's individualized, and that it's not you know too much. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, and it all, all comes down to that. The, the part you say, the individualization is really the key because you could have 10 women that are having similar symptoms or similar diagnoses or similar situations, but all 10 of them might have a different, at least from our perspective anyways, might have a different treatment or a different treatment plan. There might be some similarities or some tendencies uh, that we, you know, lean towards, you know, throughout, but there's going to be subtle differences, sometimes significant differences from, from one case to the next. Uh, and that's, that's like I said before, too, that's also the, the, the good part, but also the hard part. You know, how do you, you know, how do you, uh, how, how are you able to uh, collectively help everybody, you know, in a, in a seamless fashion like that? You know, that's why conventionally, you know, there's just limited options and, you know, people kind of fall through the cracks with that all the time. 
but I do like that she's, you know, she's asking that question for her sister, which is so sweet. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, hopefully this makes sense to everyone. And if you have any questions or concerns, just reach out and absolutely all you listeners, we appreciate you listening and everybody that's reading our blogs and articles. We thank you so much. Until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.